yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle, and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective, and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of The Left Wing with Luke Fitzgerald. And they were O'Driscoll, Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald. Oh, Fitzgerald is coming back inside! Leicester have another! Darcy O'Driscoll through the ranks, Rob Carney, out of Fitzgerald again, step and score! Hello and welcome to the Left Wing, independent.ie's rugby podcast in association with Leia Healthcare. I'm Will Slattery, delighted to be joined in studio. He survived the inclement weather, the beast from the east versus Storm Emma. It's Luke Fitzgerald. Luke, hello. It was the one thing that I didn't get injured doing with. Uh, <laughs> I stayed in the couch, uh, nice and safe there. Um, yeah, a bit stir-crazy. I don't know about you. Were you a bit stir-crazy? Well, I was actually thinking the other day, I was walking home uh, You know, with the weather quite bad and I was like, could you imagine if like one of the big top Irish players was like walking in the snow and slipped and like injured their knee? Like, would they get in trouble for being out and about like in the snow? Like, would would you go if you ring them and be like, you should have been inside? Why are you gallivanting around in the snow? I don't know if you're out like walking or you know, I mean, that's just I don't know. I mean, that can happen to you anytime. Like, you have to also live your life a little bit. Yeah. But. Uh, you know, if they're probably at ski, skiing or snowboarding or, you know, I saw people in like little laundry baskets doing a bit of uh, tobogganing or whatever mm. they call it. And uh, if you're probably doing those things, well, I would probably say you might be in a little bit of trouble. Is there things in your contract that say like you can't go skiing? Like I think there is, yeah. I actually never You can't drive a motorbike. No, I, I, I actually, I'm pretty sure it, it was off the back of... Um, that French prop was it Marconet? Marconet. It was De Villiers, one of them. I think it was Marconet. Yeah, yeah. uh, before the, World I'm going to say 2007 World Cup, the one in France. Mm. I think it was that far back. He just, like, skiing. And he was skiing, yeah. and then he do his cruise or something. Yeah. He was a starting he tight leg. head, yeah, or yeah, broke his leg or something. He was yeah. for them. Um, now I think I'm sure you wouldn't be insured to do that stuff anyway. I'm not even sure. I'm, I'm not. I don't know what it's like. I'm not even sure you're insured to drive a bike, even. You know, if you got a, a bad injury, a career-ending yeah. injury. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, no, like, like you know, you've got to be careful. And, like, there's too much at stake. Like, you get such a short window. Um, I think sometimes people, like, I mean, you really shoot yourself if you were, like, sorry, bad, but you'd be, you'd be you know, I don't think you'd shoot yourself. Let me just correct that. But I think, you know, you'd be seriously disappointed if, you know, in a 10-year career, well, let's call it that, that's a good yeah. career, um, that, you you know, and you've big, there's a big chance of getting injured playing rugby. Mm. So, you know, it's a reality. Um, if you got injured doing something silly like that, I'd, 
I personally like my career. I never took chances because I was always injured anyway. Like, yeah. and I, I, I had to understand. But you can't go skiing when you're already. Well, I have like, to understand the value. Messed up, like when you have, I had to understand the value of playing a game, like because it was you know I had long periods out, so I got to understand how you know fickle it is, how quick are, it can change. Are you familiar with players who have gotten injured doing things they should have been doing? I am. I am. Uh, any funny I, ones? Not that mind? I can think. You don't have to name names, obviously, but any. any I, there was. I think there was a funny one into the forty foot a uh, couple of years oh back. Um, actually, an, an unlucky one. Yeah, diving in. in. Yeah, didn't dive in. Uh, jumped in. Even jumped in, but hit his foot. Um, yeah, like which is pretty. It's pretty unfortunate yeah. as well because it's actually a good recovery. Like the lads, a lot of lads will use it for the recovery. Because um, you always see them there putting photos and things. And he's a big lad, this fella. So he probably went down like a bloody like like a that stone. narrows it down. I'm trying to think who it could be. Someone helps. Well, it's him. someone in the pack, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and someone who goes to the uh, forty foot. Keen Healy goes swimming a lot. I know. Keen Healy's not a forty foot man. I don't no. even think because sea point perhaps. The big fella. I don't know if he's been out. That, he has probably been out to the forty foot, but I think he's a he's a Bull Island. Is that oh, right? Yeah, sure. It's nowhere near. No, no, and Churchy doesn't like to leave the parish. <laughs> uh, he doesn't like to leave his parish. You have to, you have to drag him out of the place, kicking and screaming. So we have big news for our listeners. Uh huh. Huge news. Yes. Next week. You, you. Okay, yeah, I like how you built it up. Yeah. Because yeah. this is big. This is huge. This is seismic. Big, like we could be playing for a grand slam next next weekend and Paddy's uh -huh. weekend, uh -huh. but even bigger than that, arguably, no, not arguably, definitively, is the left wing's first ever outside live broadcast from Kennedy's Pub on Western Row. It's going to be on the Wednesday rather than the Tuesday, so that is going to be seventeenth, sixteenth, fourteenth. Of March. Uh, you went backwards. I was wondering, it was like 17th? It's like, geez, well, I don't know if you give them the right day. <laughs> the yeah. 14th of March in Kennedy's pub. That's It'll right. be myself, Luke, and two unconfirmed, but better be blockbuster uh, guests, <laughs> The pressure is on. Yeah. Like, this is the pressure. Uh, this is the pressure. It week. is. We've got to deliver on this one. No, look, I think it, it'll be great to give it an opportunity to go out, hopefully meet some of the people who've been supporting the show by and listening. I'll, Mike Cody, a personal invite, if you want to pick up your mug, this will be a perfect time to do so. Mike Cody. Um, <laughs> and then Save me a trip to the post office. Yeah, we've got a few kind of avid listeners. It would be great to see them in the flesh uh, listening to the show and getting to ask a few questions, I think, and contribute to the show would be quite nice as well. So we're yeah, going to do, do a bit my of that as well. Um, and look, it'd be great to get a couple of guests. I've, 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 you know, obviously the contacts are in Leinster. I think mm. they that could be kind of messed up um, with that, that this game being rescheduled now on Friday against the Scarlets. But they don't have a game next week at least. They don't, but I think a lot of them were going on holidays and they had to cancel. So yeah. um, poor fellas. Yeah. Um, well, we, we, we won't tee up any possible names. We, we, don't, we don't want our listeners to be heartbroken. Yes. But... It's safe to say, Luke, they're going to be huge guests. Really famous. It's going to be huge. It's, it's going, going to be, be huge. Yeah, the Catalina wine mixer. That, that, that's what we're talking about here. I was going with the with the Donald Trump thing, but sure, Catalina wine mixer will do. Look, it, it is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's always a risk when you do these things, so hopefully it goes well for us. And I look well, regardless. You're you're, you're, see, you're you're used to being you know in front of a lot of people speaking. I Less so for myself. Now listen, these uh, look. I, I noticed you haven't been plugging in the last few weeks, but I think that's because you got such a big job with <laughs> Air Sports. Yeah, any schools rugby fans out there hit up our sport you might be able to see me or hear me yeah I'd say probably well oh. no they probably be are you, are you commentating as well no I'm not commentating okay. but I do get a bit of FaceTime at halftime and before the match their pressure how do you like those slots I enjoy it yeah, yeah. I've, I've enjoyed it so this is going to be another kind of live a live test and you know I don't know what would be an appropriate amount of alcohol to drink while you're hosting a podcast I don't know a hot whiskey, surely. An unanswerable question that I, I hope and plan. I like, can't believe you actually associated the two with, with, with schools rugby. I apologise on his behalf. <laughs> uh, he wasn't he wasn't uh, yeah. drunk at the wheel. No. Air sports. No. But I'm no, sure you had a hot whiskey or two, did you? No, gee, I don't, the I, belly, know, I don't keep... like hot whiskeys, no. 
Ah, Jesus. He's showing his age now, Gav. <laughs> Gav, have a word with me. Does that mean I'm young or old? I or? think it means you're young, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Cop on to yourself, Will. So, yeah, that's the big news. We will have further details about how you can get tickets to, you know, to, to obviously join us at Kennedy's next Wednesday. Those, are, those details are to be confirmed. But just wanted to give you a heads up because, you know, it could be a bit of fun in the week of a potential Grand Slam. And speaking of Grand Slams... Well, we took a risk. We took a risk because we were waiting on that bloody Wales game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If we had lost to Wales, like, it wouldn't have been... We a... may not... Have... Look, I think it was going to be a big one anyway. I'm yeah. hoping they do the business against Scotland. I'm very positive about it. Um, it'll be interesting to hear our guest a little bit later on on that as well, who's well, very astute and it's, interesting it's on this stuff. that you're bringing up the guest because we're going to have David Wallace, one of your former teammates, on. And yeah. it's funny because I was talking to Luke about potential talking points for the show this week because, you know, obviously we're putting a lot of effort into next week's show. So we're, we, we were struggling a bit for guests. I don't think it's, it's betraying any confidence. Oh, we had a few, yeah. So, I, I kind of I explored a few avenues and I got a... But look, it happened. I messaged Luke and I said, okay, it's time for my break glass in case of emergency topic, <laughs> which is a deep dive on the, an in-depth deep we're dive. We're going to do that anyway. On the two, yeah, I think we're going to do it anyway. Okay. On the 2009 Grand Slam, because it is a seminal moment. It's, it's the biggest moment in the history of Irish rugby, I would say. I think you're probably right. And um, we have you who was involved in it. We'll have David Wallace on who was involved with it. A nice Leinster Munster perspective, you know, because that was two sides of the camp. And famously, as we'll touch on later. Let's not ruin that part. Well, actually, like to, well, no, we can talk about it. But well, no, I think no, it'd be no, good I, to get his yeah. opinion but on that. I just want to preface this Grand Slam retrospective discussion by saying I am not foreshadowing or saying Ireland will win a Grand Slam. I don't want to, if Ireland loses to Scotland, I don't want to appear in some Scottish publication saying like podcast chump predicts uh, Grand Slam <laughs> or something like that. Well, at some stage, you've got to nail your colours to the wall so, unfortunately you can't always be you know all tiptoeing around the issues you gotta have to have an opinion at something you gotta have a view well, see, see the good thing is if if that were to happen you would be the one to get the brunt of the abuse because you were the the name you were the name in this podcast they I, would, I like the way you've stopped now we've, see, oh yeah that's I, growth that's yeah, growth is what that you're is. kind of like the shield the c word yeah the c word won't be used yet it's now time for our retrospective Grand Slam discussion. Luke, I'm delighted to be joined on the line by one of your former teammates, Ireland legend David Wallace. David, thanks for joining us. Hi, Will. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Glad to have you on. Um, we're going to start with, I guess we were just talking a bit about it off air. We were talking about the location of the hotel, the famous meeting <laughs> where Declan Kidney got the Ireland squad in camp uh, before the 2009 Six Nations to kind of, I guess, you know, I think turn the page, Luke, it might be fair to say, and... and you know, start afresh. It hadn't been a great couple of years for Irish rugby and he wanted to kind of, I don't know, get some positivity into the camp. Is that, what do you remember about that kind of training camp in, in Enfield? Well, well, I was kind of new into the team. Uh, like, while he was there, like, a good, like, ages before me. Like, he's <laughs> like, he's, uh, no, but like, I, I was, I was kind of new into the team. So, um, I think there'd probably been, like, you know, I think the team had been fairly close a few times, a few triple crowns. He'll be able to shed a bit more light on that. So, we'd kind yeah. of been nearly men a little bit, hadn't we, Well. Yeah, I think uh, two years prior to that in 07, we came very close. Um, a last-minute try by France in Croke Park in the first game in Croke Park. Really kind of, um, you know, that could have been a grand slam year. I think we went on to win the rest of our games. Um, so, And we nearly won the championship bar. For, uh, I think France scored a last-minute try against Scotland just to win it on points difference. Um, yeah, so we, came, we were coming close. We won a few triple crowns, but, you know, we wanted more than that, I think. Triple crowns, we probably about two or three of them at that stage, and and you know rightly so the um, the, the the thirst and the for, for for silverware in an Irish jersey was 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 getting really you know was getting really strong. Yeah, um, David, there was know, I guess there was a bit of a perception that the team, although you'd won a lot of provincial level, that in an Ireland setting that. 
there was some sort of maybe mental frailty there that was preventing the team from getting over the line because, as you said, there was a lot of near misses. Was that something you ever felt, you know, weighed on the team at all or, 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 or did you pay any attention to that sort of talk? Um, I don't think there was any mental frailties, but I think what Rob, Rob Kearney kind of, I suppose, succinctly put it that, you know, we, we all had a bit of an X factor when we put on our provincial jerseys. Um, you know, it's, it's, it was a bit more parochial and, and obviously that, that rivalry between Munster and Leinster, you know, we, we kind of fed off that a bit and, and, and it was, certainly was, um, you know, more than some of its parts when we went out in our provincial jerseys. Yet when we were, when we were coming together for Ireland, all right, we were all giving our all, but you know, that, that extra bit that you get from being a team and wanting that bit of silverware and, uh, wanting to win with your teammates, that wasn't really clicking in as much. Um, and I think it was just a really appropriate point to bring up by Rob at the time. And it was brave. Again, he was a young guy coming into it as well, um, into a very senior squad. And uh, it was on the back of, of the Munster Maori match, um, which I think had been played the night before. And, and the, the atmosphere and the intensity that, that, that you know the, the Munster players played with. Um, was was very apparent for everyone to see, and and uh, you know it, it was just a phenomenal phenomenal match, and I think he used that as a, as a point in case just to say, look, when we do play for our provinces and for our clubs, you know, all right, it's it's a bit more parochial, but we need to bring that um, whatever that is that 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 X factor that that comes with that I suppose that that team bond or whatever. Did it, it piss was. you off at all? No, not at all. No, I well, he thought, doesn't get pissed um, off at anything. Yeah, yeah, very the most I think I, <laughs> for the for the most combative <laughs> player, honestly, one of the most combative players I've ever seen. Nothing made you mad. I know, I've actually never seen you upset about anything, Wally. <laughs> I, I, I three older brothers, you know. So I'm well crap used to it. Uh, uh, no, the the only man that could do it to me was Quinny, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of our favourite Quinny. You know, I'd always he'd always get under my skin at training. Well, Luke, from your from your perspective, Luke, uh, you know, how did you? What do you remember about this? Because Rob Carney's pretty much hailed as the man who kind of kickstarted <laughs> this renaissance. Whenever the Grand Slam was talked about, it's always oh, the room in Enfield, and Marcus yeah. Horan couldn't believe what Rob Carney said. What was it yeah, like from your perspective? I, I think you know, Wally. I think a lot. What was really really big was that, uh, and I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna go on for a bit here. Actually, I'm gonna try not go on for as long <laughs> as I as I think my answer is gonna be in my head. But I, I think like. There was probably a bit of shock, as Wally said. It was a really brave thing to say. Um, now I do think the team, and I, and I believe this about, like, say, you know, that Munster team who won the two Heineken Cups in 06 and 08, They've been through a few dark days together, and I think that can galvanise a group. You look at the Leinster team that has come into a bit of success there in 09, 2011, 2012 that I was a part of. There'd been some dark days there as well, and I think possibly from the looks of things. You might need a bit of pain to help you get get you know achieve oh, these yeah, really yeah. great things. You, do you like I look at Ireland as well, yeah. And it kind of the same thing. I feel like there's a lot of triple crowns, very close to you know the Van Sant Clerk uh, try that um, that Wally was talking about in Croke Park. That you know so close there again. There've been a few of them in a row, I think. And um, I know 08 wasn't a great year. I think things had kind of went down with with, with Eddie uh, at, at the helm, and I probably he, his tenure came to an end. And, and probably sad enough circumstances for a brilliant coach in, in Twickenham. Where <laughs> I don't know if you were playing that one, Wally, where we had the two-hour trip in, we had to take, we were like pissing on the bus. 
<laughs> do you remember? Do you remember we had like it was supposed to be like a thirty minute journey in? I saw those coaches two, yeah. somewhere recently. You were it took two hours models. on the bus. Like yeah, we're or we were staring at the stadium. We were about like literally five hundred meters from the stadium, but you have to go around all these roundabouts and stuff. And the cops in England don't move any of the cars for some reason. The, the police escort's terrible. And uh, we literally were looking at the stadium. We couldn't get there. And we had a fifteen minute like war. In France with the gendarmerie, they're <laughs> kicking the cars out of the way. But Italy's the same, yeah. man. But like the Irish guys, the Irish cop, the guard, do a brilliant job of it as well. They're just clearing everyone out. They're really good at it. But in England, they don't do it. Donny Cipriani like, was great. That but like, I think, to, sorry, to, to touch on the point, and like I said, I've probably gone on for ages here, but I think you might need a little bit of pain to get there. And I think what I would say is, I think as well, aside from the Enfield thing being big and being a good galvanizer for the group to come together, um, which I thought kind of thought was the main thing, was that I thought the team was really good as well. Like, I mean, that Munster pack was dominating in Europe for about, 10 years easy um, I think there was a lot of Leinster backs with a lot of flair there like got the likes of Brian O'Driscoll there uh, you know you had the likes of you know Dennis Hickey your Shane Horgans your Tommy Bowes all these guys in the setup experienced guys Raj Strings all these fellas who were you know like big big parts and, and have been like very successful for a long period and had a little bit of pain in the jersey I thought that was the main factor as well as having, I mean, I think Les Kiss had a huge impact that, that year. I thought Declan Kidney yeah. came in at a great time into the into the team and he he added a huge amount of value as well. He was a very calming influence and really helped. You know, as much as I've, you know, there's times when Decky would have frustrated me as a coach, probably more to do with not getting selected, to be honest. He actually was really good at getting the feeling of the, of the team, I thought. He was able to gauge where they were at mentally and get the best out of groups. Um, and I think his record speaks to that as well. So I think it was kind of a perfect storm of a lot of things and Enfield interesting to get Wally's opinion on it but I kind of thought it was just a nice way of galvanising the group together and, and, and saying listen like we need to be able to produce what the Munster guys are producing do you think that well? Yeah no I did um, and I, I subsequently only only maybe even a few years ago I heard that you know maybe it might have annoyed some players that they're maybe they felt that he was having a go at the Munster players not not giving it their all and they came into the Irish sort of but from my perspective it was it was aimed at all the all the provinces and all the players coming in from the provinces not just the Munster players, it just happened that Munster had played, you know, the evening before in a mm. phenomenal match. Um, but I do agree with Lukey, it was, it, was, uh, it was a perfect storm. It was kind of, you know, obviously Munster, we, we had won with, you know, in 06 and 08, um, and we were probably just coming off the peak of our powers there. Um, but Leinster were just coming into their peak of the powers, and I think we just caught the sweet spot in the middle with, with Ireland, and, and uh, it was that chance that, you know, possibly two years previous, as, as Luke said, that, that little bit of pain and hurt from from watching, um, you know, I suppose watching that championship just slip through our hands, you know, on TV as we were watching in the hotel when we got back after the Italy game, um, you know, that that did hurt, and that and you know, I, I think Drico was was phenomenal that season as well. He scored four tries, got player the player of the tournament, and if anyone can remember that, you know, his try he took. Um, <laughs> All those England tries are for like well. one meter out. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was to be fair. The one, especially the one against England. But, no, the one, the one against France was phenomenal. I think. You know, he just he waltzed through the. Oh, that was yeah, a brilliant really try. Yeah. The French bring the up French that French game. Day. Like obviously that, yeah. that French game kind of kick started the whole thing. And, and going into the game, it's interesting. You mentioned Brian O'Driscoll, who went on to have a phenomenal campaign. You know, player of the tournament. But going in there to that tournament, he he had been on a bad run of form for almost a year. And, and in his own book, he talks about how he went to end of McNulty to kind of you know try to recapture that great form like what was what, were, what was it's your interesting like, oh yeah what was your perspective on him at the time yeah because you would have played you know these things at the time I'm, well do you like it's kind of like I'm, such a brilliant player you know you kind of you always just think they're like, did you know he did you know he was going through his own struggles uh, maybe, maybe I didn't I didn't really I, I I suppose look when he came first came on the scene he was just a phenomenon and and he had two three years there where he just you know he was untouchable and possibly there was 
there was a couple of years he was still he was still brilliant, probably the world's best centre. But you know, he maybe was the gap wasn't as big, you know. Um, but look, the belly was big me, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drinko was a few pounds bigger I, then. <laughs> I, I can't say that because I certainly had a t- from time to time my own one. So uh, you and me both, Wally. You, I'm not yeah, judging yeah. it. I'm not judging it. But like, yeah, I, it's such a good point. Sneaking. Is it interesting though? No, because I think when you know you, you read kind of guys like Paulie and, and Drinko, who you just kind of consider to I think be they're untou- yeah, untouchable. You do kind yeah. of from a distance, and I, I I never noticed that. I think he like he kind of had said it. I think he'd said that the end of McNulty thing to me in passing in a change room because uh, I had been using him for a long time watching clips of yeah. all tries to kind of remember what he was yeah, good but at like. sometimes you just need a small thing like that and I think he had, it was great I mean he was a real galvanising kind of force in that team I mean, guys like Paulie Raj really experienced guys um, and I think like like Wally said it was the perfect storm we caught it in the sweet spot like Drico yeah. coming back into a bit of form was big he had a huge championship even defensively he was brilliant as well uh, yeah. and the Munster guys I thought like the pack was unbelievable I mean that some of the like I mean you had guys like Jamie Heaslip of course coming in as well we have to mention him and, we're talking and about Stevie the Ferris as well Stevie coming Ferris. in as well yeah yeah, like and, it was a brilliant and, and team. Lee. And the return, like Gordon Darcy returned from almost a year out with a fractured forearm and there's that yeah. great photo of him scoring the try against France. So it's like yeah. basically that French game brought up Driscoll and Darcy back together again at the peak of their powers almost. So it was huge from that perspective. Yeah, yeah. it's like a Shakespearean love story, Will, <laughs> uh, the way you describe it there. No, look, look it, was, it was it was great. I think like Jamie got a great try and that was a real team performance. And the team came together. There was no there was no ego in, in, in that team. There was no one looking out no. for themselves. I, I, I just remember, I was thinking, Jesus, is this what international national rugby is all about like this is easy uh, honestly <laughs> yeah. I swear to God because I just came into the team I got the last match I got maybe 30 minutes against or 35 minutes against uh, to, uh, England the year before we had like a 15 minute warm up that one where it was a bit of a debacle and, and Cipriani ran in for a, a few tries but like geez, the team it was such a great place to be involved and there was no I mean the, the Leinster-Munster thing which was a big rivalry obviously still is huge but um I, like I just didn't see it there. Like I mean, it's funny. I like we'd Quinny on the show there uh, last week, and I just get on great with like all the guys from there. Like maybe they can't stand me, but I I get on, I think they're all lovely lads, and it's amazing. I kind of felt, and that's the bond that we have from that time. And I always remember all the guys being. It's just such a nice bunch, and they were all really experienced campaigners. I was only just coming in, um, and I think that was part of it. Like the younger guys had a bit of a say. Uh, there was no egos in there, and people really came together as a group. Yeah, you know? David, what do you remember about kind of the young players like Luke and maybe Rob Carney, Jamie Heaslip? About their influence on the on the squad because you guys the rest of the core had been there for quite a while. I thought they brought, brought a real fresh uh, approach to it. I think you know as as the years went on, um, as my years went on certainly. <laughs> um, you know it went obviously from very very amateur semi pro, um, even semi was is, is giving it a lot of credit um, to to you know maybe uh, to, uh, 99, 2000 uh, kind of professionally. Uh, professionally, or I, I think really began a monster then. It's the first time we had our own strength and conditioning coach. So as the years went on, the younger guys who came into it pushed, pushed the envelope every year, um, certainly in Munster. And that was certainly the case in Ireland as well. So you had the likes of Rob and, 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 and Jamie and, and, and Luke there who were coming in, bringing, um, I suppose, even new ideas and new... Because new, um, sometimes I think the older guys might be a bit more stuck in their ways. And I think they forced the fitness levels as well a bit. And um, and things like Rob standing up, again, I'll go back to it, standing up in that meeting, kind of went, geez, these young guys aren't just, you know, talented bunch. They're, you know, they're, they're leaders. Um, and that was, that was, I think, obviously the first sign of maybe Rob becoming a leader. Before that, he was kind of seen as a bit of a pinup boy. Um, <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and next thing he's, you know, he's certainly co- he's contributing and having a massive effect in meetings and 
Um, but for me, I, th- I think Drico that year as well, apart from how well he played, uh, it just stands out in my mind. And I don't know why, but was it the season leading up to that or early on in that season? You know, he was talking about silverware. Maybe it was, it was his work with, with Enda McNulty, but he, he was saying, look, we've, we have a phenomenal side here, both you know provincially and, and uh, internationally, and, and uh, you know the, certainly in Leinster they hadn't at that stage that the silverware that you know he felt that he deserved. Look, he was one of the world's best players, and and he had very little to show for it in terms of the trophy room. And I think that message I, I heard overheard in in media reports or whatever, and and that kind of you know that resonated I think probably through the squad as well a bit you know saying. Look, we have a chance here to do something special. We have a we have a great team. We we don't wanna we don't wanna die wondering. We wanna we're gonna start winning some silverware. Um and uh look, I think that, that I think that we didn't necessarily have a goal setting session, but certainly it was it was that little bit of um a seed put in the back of everyone's minds, which look ultimately that's that's what goal setting is, you know, at the back of your mind you're all working to that one goal. When you look back, I guess, on the fixtures in that Grand Slam season, no, traditionally the Italy fixture wouldn't be the key game, but Personally, for you, Luke, it was a huge milestone in your international career. 50% of your international tries <laughs> came in that game. Ah, you couldn't help yourself, <laughs> could you? You just couldn't two, help two yourself. Two of your four international you tries came. Not exactly Jeez. prolific, Wally. Honestly, we... I, an, I intercept, an, 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 an intercept try. Is he up to eight now? He's doubled my record already. An intercept try and a quick line-out as well, I think. <laughs> Listen, it was, some, it was dynamic stuff. No, look... David I, Wallace scored 12 international tries for the record. But Wally, Wally that's why I only have four, because Wally, I couldn't get the ball out of Wally's hand for that. I couldn't get him out of the way. Uh, no, greedy. look... It was, <laughs> but look, it was, it, was, it was a kind of... It was a big one, because we'd had a few years where... Uh, and I think we, we got a yellow card just before half time and um, I, I think it was a great it was a lovely little delayed pass from Strings into Stevie Ferris just before we had the 14 and he got a lovely offload away from me he did yeah, and uh, yeah. that kind of relieved the pressure and I thought we really came into our own the second half of that game and I think yeah. we're like previously it was, I know tied th- for a, it was tied for a good while I think though um, it was very yeah. and we ended up going quite well in the second half I think and uh, do you know what we had lots of things we had loads of things went really well for us that year I mean I think I mean the Drico drop goal against uh, England as well he had a real kind of wobbly one that went over uh, you know we had lots of and I think as well like it is important to note like as much as all the mental stuff and all that like it, that was really, really important to be in the right headspace to help us achieve all that stuff and the squad yeah. unity. But we had some like like Les Kiss like revolutionised the defensive stuff. I mean, some of this it was so interesting. Every time you you got a chance to work with Les, like he spent so much time with you individually. He had lots of new ideas about how to defend. You know, obviously this choke tackle kind of came in around this era. Like he was yeah. like whatever you say about Decky, like Jesus, he had a really he had a real eye for talent. Like I mean, he, you see it all all throughout Declan's career uh, as a coach. Like he just has a serious eye for talent and bringing people. On. Like Connor Murray was a guy who came out of nowhere. Like Les Kiss, uh, you know, he had no real experience in, in rugby union, you know, real, no real serious here. But he he changed the game there. And I think this, the, the squad as well is definitely a bit of credit um, in terms of the the attacking plan. Like we, we really squeezed teams out of it as a unit. It wasn't just the forwards. But when we got in the 22, I remember we had remember we had that thing where we just literally would not relinquish the ball. We were there for as long as we could we, we could be. <laughs> yeah. And we actually just, it, like, it was nothing really exciting or, or anything about it. But there's a yeah. reason all Drico's tries came from like a yard out it was because that was a plan there was a, there was a plan just to hang on to the ball grind teams down uh, alongside like Raj kicking really well and you know this defensive kind of press we had we squeezed teams out of it so there was a technical side to it as well well David obviously Luke mentions Les Kiss Gert Sma was another high profile kind of yeah, addition sorry, like what how did you find working yeah, yeah. with him in, in the forward pack like what did he bring uh, he brought massive intensity he brought great detail 
Um, I think for a guy, such a big guy who, who had that intensity and that presence in the, in the meeting room, um, you know, you kind of expect him to be a lot of, lot of puff and huff. But, but the level of detail he brought to, to the game was phenomenal as well, you know. And, and uh, he would be so particular about just, you know, you're standing in a line, I just, you know, your foot placement, how far one foot should be in front of the other, you know, your ability to... to to take that half step onto your back foot and go up then. So you're kind of, you're going to be at the peak of your, your throw, you're, you're kind of, so it's only in the matter of maybe three inches on the ground, but it's those three inches that, that help you to catch that ball. that maybe is, it's just dipping over the back. Um, and, you know, I, I just thought like, I think, I think his first, his first meeting, um, one of his first meetings was we were playing South Africa. Obviously, look, it was a, it was a big game for him. Um, and uh, I just remember him at the front of the room, uh, all the forwards were sitting down, and uh, and he just asked asked the forwards, you know, what are you, what are you going to do today? What are you going to do? And he started staring off into the back of the room, just into the distance, and kind of put out his hand and just gave a little kind of wave and kind of said, "Bring it, you mother, bring it." You know, it just you could feel. <laughs> I never heard just, that story. Yeah. If you, you know, could just Kirsten. feel the intensity oh. that you know he was. Yeah. And and you know what we fed off that as a forward pack. I mean, we went down. We we played like I think Acre Acre Smalls. And, I mean, having that intensity and that you know, um, uh, I suppose uh, uh, what's the word? I, I'm struggling for the word really. But, but intensity and um, it's kind of unity together. Passion. That together I think, is a passion. I, I yeah. think I think passion. Um, you know, to go out and even though it was he was we were going up against South Africa. It was one of one of his first games. Um, you know, he, he wanted Ireland to win more than anything. And that, that just, you know, that just, I warmed him straight away then. Um, I just thought he was, he was a phenomenal coach. And, um, you know, I think Ireland probably didn't have him for long enough. And again, back to, back to what Luke said, you know, Declan's skill, and probably never really thought about this as much, but I knew, I knew his skill was really strong at, at, at getting a team together in terms of, you know, playing for one, for one idea and getting them in the right frame of mind. But also, I mean, the other side of that is, you know, the 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 management and the the coaching staff and the physios and the, and the medical staff and everyone around the team, um, getting them to buy into the the whole team morale as well. I mean, they're they're a massive part of it as well. And uh, he ju- he just he, he just seemed to have everyone unified. And I think that's where he really had you know a massive strength in in terms of his planning and and his. His team building. And I think as well, like it is, like, do you know what as well? They were all really good guys. It's so much easier to play for people. Like you really wanted to produce for Les defensively because like you spent so much time with you on a one-on-one level. I think Gert was the same. Um, I mean, him and Paulie, people were actually wondering they spent so much time together what the crack was. He was actually for that South African game, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, that just shows yeah. you that those two were a match made in heaven, I think, for the intensity-wise. But, oh, yeah, like, I mean, absolutely. lovely, lovely guys off the pitch as well. And there was that sense yeah. of, like, you really wanted to do well for them and produce all this hard work that they were doing behind the scenes. And I think it really showed. It showed in the performances, that passion that you're talking about Wally like th- it was the same in the in, for the backs you know people really wanted to produce for these guys yeah it's infectious isn't it you know when, when your coaches have that much passion and, and you know you, you you just soak that up you know and you know everyone's on the same page and you don't you don't have to be going out in the pitch to have that passion and, and um, yeah I, I think I think it was it was it was a great environment to be in and I think again that's why Decky you know if, if you have a happy team and everyone's getting on look 
uh, everyone's working well together and and uh, and and everyone's happy and yeah and, and that usually turns into to better team performances and wins and and the whole thing snowballs um and funnily enough talking about snowball i remember early on in that campaign um you know i think i did an interview with woody who was working for bbc at the time and he kind of asked me off there, you know, what are you, you thinking about Grand Slams? Like, no way, what are you talking about? No, it's <laughs> early days, you know. I was like, you know, it was, it was nearly being touted, uh, talked about after, you know, a couple of games. And of course, he put on the microphone, he asked me the same question. <laughs> I, I totally messed it up because I think if he got me first time, it might have been fine, but I, I knew what he was doing. And I totally, <laughs> after about 30 seconds, he goes, Wally, I think we'll start again. <laughs> so, you know, it obviously was being talked about. Uh, well, that, maybe you had it in the back of your mind. That's what I was going to ask because there's a bit of parallels, I guess, with, with this season as well because they're obviously yeah. three from three. Like, when did it start to become a thing? You know, because obviously at the start, you know, it was about Declan Kidney trying to turn the page get a bit of positivity then you get the results and then you're thinking oh we actually there could be a bit of silverware so when did it actually start to, to build around the I think team? it really started to build around that Scotland away game Wally do you remember we had that one where we had yeah. a real hard fought one over there in Murrayfield yeah even I think, before that game I think it was it was starting to build but we just yeah as you say I think it was Jamie scored a try in that game was it a yeah off Stringer made a break Jamie, that's right it? yeah off yeah. the tail of a lineup. Um, well, Declan yeah, dropped I mean, Jerry Fannery Jamie Heaslip Tomas O'Leary, and I think someone else for that game. You know, he really shook up the team, and he brought Paddy Wallace as well for that match. Uh, yeah, look, it was, and, and, and as it turned yeah, out, right, it probably yeah. got the best out of all those guys in, in that game. I mean, Jamie came on, Strings came on, did great, and, and obviously pulled one out of the bag for us. And uh, off the back of that, I mean, I think Jamie got every time he was after that game. I'm pretty sure he didn't miss a game for Ireland unless he was either mm. you know suspended or possibly injured in the last year, which he never has been. So it really spurred him on to great things, and then. Um, like it's just it's interesting. Like I mean, I think there probably was a little bit of talk. I think after we kind of embraced it, didn't we? I think we we felt like, look, we're here. We're definitely capable of doing this. We've got the team to do it. We're we're in a great place. Like let's accept, you know, like we're there now. Like uh, we need to well, accept yeah. this burden. And I think for me, anyway, I, I know personally, like. I, I wasn't trying but to show. You were young, so you didn't have any of the scars of the previous losses. I think there probably wasn't the, amongst the older cohort, the more experienced cohort, that they were probably thinking, "Let's just let's <laughs> it's, one, it's another game for me." I wanted to. I wanted it. I, yeah, I, you I didn't care. Uh, I didn't. No, I, I suppose it had. Like I said, you hadn't been on the journey. We go back to that. We, I hadn't been on a journey where I'd had loads of these kind of hurt, hurtful kind of losses, things that scar you. And I suppose some of the guys had been close on, on a few occasions. Now we were very, what? like we were still very focused on you know, our, the technical stuff, like what we were going to do to, to help us win the game, what the game plan was, where are we going to attack Wales, have we got some moves that we're going to tear them up with, uh, you know, and we all, we executed on the day in, in, in that respect as well. So there was that side of it and you didn't want to get too sidetracked with it, but at the end of the day, that was what was, you have an opportunity to do something that hadn't been done in 61 years. So like, I, I definitely was embracing that and maybe other people had, were you the same, Molly? Were you kind of avoiding that just thinking about the game? <laughs> I think I think the nerves do start to build the further on into the campaign you go. Um, you know, there's there's something bigger at play that you know it's not just a match anymore, and there's other things that can maybe, you know, take your mind off what your job is and just going out and performing. I think I suppose we kind of really noticed we had it in in Munster in that 1990-2000 season where we played really really good rugby all season, and we get to the final um, and we don't play half as well as 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 we have in any of the games during the season. Um, and you know we probably feel like we, we we left ourselves down in terms of our team performance. Um, but I think that was maybe a little bit of the worry that you know you get sidetracked by by the by the momentum and the media and the public and this um, cauldron building. 
Um, and I think by the time the Welsh game came around, it was it was it was definitely nervous times. I think, um, and that's why maybe it's it's so hard to win a Grand Slam. Um, plus, coupled with the fact the further on you go in, in your campaign, you know you're up there to be knocked off, and teams want to. You mightn't have had a great campaign, though. They can kind of meet, really cause a stir in the championship by knocking you know a team off its track in terms of going for a Grand Slam. Ireland have done it a couple of times, you know, um, and it, it it's it's uh, it does get harder those games do become harder the, the closer you come to the final post Luke what, what do you remember the night before the game the night before the game I remember I was I had this real kind of bad sciatica uh, after the Scotland What's game that? you know it's like a pain down your leg right. uh, from like a lower back I don't know what happened I just got very tight or got a little bit of a knock or something I don't know what it was uh, and I had a bit I'm of carrying a, the team Luke probably, that's exactly <laughs> what it was Wally uh, it's one of my career <laughs> edits so bloody early uh, no but it was I had this pain and I, I, the day the day we tra- we did the, t- the captain's run um I I kind of we'd we'd been working all week on it uh, with the physios and that, and I couldn't really. St- I literally I tried to step in the Millennium Stadium just before we went out, and I just cut my leg. We kind of lost a bit of feeling uh, down the leg, and just collapsed. And I was like, oh no! Oh, so God. like I was kind of getting myself ready. Maybe that helped calm me down. Did you tell anybody? <laughs> Uh, I no, I did all right. Yeah, you know, like we were t- working together as a, as a team to try and get it all, all all sorted for the day after, you know. And in fairness, the guys got me on the pitch. It was just, it was a brilliant job they did uh, to get me on the pitch. And halftime, I took a serious old belt, and they were they were well. They, they kind of, I mean, some of the work the guys do behind the scenes, uh, you just don't see it, you know. And they probably go without much praise outside of the group. But I mean, the the the, the things they were able to do to get people back on the pitch, amazing, uh, amazing work. And as an example of, I guess, the the pre match tension you have told me before. That you had a run in with the then Lions defense coach Sean Edwards, a fiery character before the game. Did I tell you that? Yeah. Oh, uh, I, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Jesus. But, uh, I think I remember something. Yeah, I think he might have tried to kick me. I was kicking before the game or something. And uh, sorry, yeah, I remember this now. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I was kicking before the game and he tried to kick me Can you off. You think of another story, Luke? <laughs> 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 Nothing that exciting with Sean Edwards, anyway. <laughs> but um, yeah, so literally, I think I was, yeah, I was kicking before the game and I ended up kicking from in their half, but none of their players were out. They weren't setting down cones or anything like that. And he, he's like, mate, you know, oi, mate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not going to try his accent, but uh, he literally, so he's like, mate, get the, you know, fuck off the pitch or whatever. And I was like, I, I I just told him to piss off. I was like, no, I'm Paxton. Piss no off. here. Yeah, I don't know what I might have said. It might have been a bit more colourful than that, Will. Um, but I already said, fuck, so. Uh, <laughs> uh, bleep. Uh, but yeah, that was a bit of that before the game. But like, I think it was probably a, the group mentality anyway. We weren't going to be pushed around um, on the day uh, by them. And I think it showed. I mean, because I mean, that's such a tough place to go and get a win. Especially, like, you see Wales. I've seen yeah. Welsh teams that are... are you know, I, I, what I would consider fairly average for for Welsh teams would have been brilliant, for, you know, forever. Um, just the way they perform in front of their home crowd, it is still for me yeah, the best stadium to play in. For do you think that was your favorite? Yeah, it's my favorite to play in. It's a very cool stadium. It's, it's almost like a stage, you know, in in, in the theatre. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I agree with you, Luki. Playing Wales in in Millennium, it's such a physical affair. You know, I, I, it's it's they grow. I don't know an extra ten kgs or something. It's just you get hit from from all angles and uh, much harder than. You never ever play against a Welsh team in the Millennium Stadium, but um, I do also remember Gats as well having a go. Um, was it Ireland or even even Jack and Kidney? Uh, I think a little bit before the game in the week in the build-up and uh, I, I remember I've never seen Decky so animated he's normally cool calm and collected you know in the, in, in the Gats has an in, incredible ability for this well, what, what, he? Was, oh, what, was, what was Declan Kidney like? Um, 
Oh, he, I've, I've, he, I, was, I, I thought he was going to have a heart attack. He was, he, he was, his face was pussy with, with anger. And he, was, he was shouting at the team meeting. But normally he'd be trying to calm everything down. And, um, you know, the pressure is coming in. Play well and enjoy it and all this. But he was, he was, he was absolutely fuming. Uh, and he was very personally hurt, obviously, you know. Um, and, and I think he just wanted that message to get across to the team. Go out and, and tell them. But I've never seen him in that, in that manner before again. And, and for yourself, David, on a scale of 1 to 10, how nervous were you ahead of that game? I was, yeah, look, I, was, uh, I think I was generally at a 9.9 anyway, <laughs> uh, for all my games. So Trying to remember all the moves like me, Wally. Donnacoe Callan just, just to rejoice in seeing me at, at the pre-match meal. The wider I was, the more happy he was. Just, uh, this is great. Uh, well, he's okay now. He's just, he's really nervous. He can't eat. And I go back, to, I'd go back in my room with strings and he'd be bouncing around the place on the beds and everything. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I was just like, oh God. But um yeah, no, I was obviously nervous. But I tell you what, I was I was never so nervous in a match. I think it was like nearly taking a, a penalty kick at goal. Um just the one of the last plays before before Raj it was the I think it was the last rock before Raj kicked the drop goal. I, I had to carry a ball and just it was it was just the thoughts were going through my head of what if I make a mistake? <laughs> what if I on? knock on this ball? What you know, there was just so much on the line and something you've done thousands of times before and something you're so comfortable with comfortable with doing and, and um it was a little bit wider but but I was just never so thankful just to catch the ball, get the ball to deck and not turn it over and uh I don't even see it. Saw the drop goal. I didn't even care about the drop goal if it went over. That's the thing. It's great. Like, you're in the clear, if, if you ever kind of watch <laughs> yeah. back the last few moments of that game, like it, it's just so unbelievably tense even now. To like, what was it like? Because I think you might have been taken off with a couple of minutes to go. Oh, so you would have been on the sideline, wrecked. Yeah, no, my shoulder. Uh, I think Mike Phillips. I think I don't know one of the lads. I think it was Jamie said afterwards. Jesus, he absolutely speed bumped you. Like, I literally, I, I loved it. I've never heard. I never heard that expression before. <laughs> And it was so, it couldn't have been more apt. I got absolutely blasted out of it by Mike Phillips. He made a brilliant break. Like what a player that guy was. I always just thought he was such a Rolls Royce of a player. Um, but anyway, was that before the Stephen Jones drop goal? Uh, it was. Uh, it was yes. It was. So I think I got. I think it was about five minutes of the game I missed. Um, and uh, I think Jordy Murphy came on for me. Um, who was a fucking great player as well. But yeah, no, it was. Um, yeah, look, it's just amazing moments. It was just so helter skelter. So he runs over me. I think he gets dragged down about um, maybe you know ten meters from the line. We, I think, I don't know if they got the drop goal then or if they ended up hanging on. We ended up hanging on one or the other. Um, but it was amazing. Like it was so frantic. It's so hard to explain to people who are watching. You can, I know you can feel the tension in the stadium, but you've no idea how frantic it is when you're in those moments and you cannot hear each other think you can't talk to the person next to you you can't say listen I've got your outside or whatever it is because it's just too loud um, mm. like you have to have a great understanding as a team together to be successful in a place like that where you can't even hear each other think I always wonder about soccer players because it's probably even louder in some of those stadiums but um, it's an incredible moment to be in and something and what that were you, the nerves like? oh the nerves were like you're just it's just it's all hands on deck you're literally doing at that moment we've gotten so far for me, like I, so I'm kind of wrecked. I end up getting back into the line, but my kind of sh like my shoulder was absolutely in bits. I like, I think I tore the cartilage in the shoulder, <laughs> uh, and I literally, uh, or sorry, I done the AC. That's what it was. Done the AC, 
which is kind of sore, but I was like, you know, you're not even thinking about it. You can't even feel it because it's just the, the, all the emotions, all, all you're just saying, geez, I hope he isn't like, and he gets dragged in and says, geez, who saved my ass? Brilliant, happy days. And then you're just trying to get back in and save the day and try and stop them to score and staying out because we've come so far. Like all, all of it is kind of culminating in these last couple of moments. Any small mistake, the nerves are huge, Will. Like it's so, isn't it, Wally? I mean, even, yeah. you, listen, like, Wally, you kind of have been, flashbacks now, even thinking about it, David, like you, about how nervous you were. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, you, you, I suppose you're facing a lot of games where it, 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 everything is relying on maybe the bounce of a ball or a, a knock on or something small going wrong. And But this was, I think, just on a magnified scale. Um, could you imagine just, how Raj felt, though? Could you imagine someone like, I, I mean, Raj or Johnny Sexton in, in Stade de France? Like, uh, it must be like, uh, like myself and Wally are like, oh, Jesus, like, just catch the ball. Like, Catching uh, the ball. <laughs> yeah. Having, having the skill with, with guys bearing down in you to, to actually, as, as Paulie called it after, a manky drop the ball. Yeah. <laughs> but it got over, like, and it just shows the, the, the nerves and then the balls he has. You know, he just, he, he, he uh, and look, fair play to him, he always had that all his career, and that's. That's one of the reasons why you really, really respect him because he was just such a gutsy player and uh, obviously look multi-talented as well. But I think for me, his, his guts and his, his, his determination to win was, was phenomenal. And, uh, and he, he was able to pull those, you know, to do those hard things that, you know, for me, catching a ball and then falling on <laughs> the ground. Know, I was panicking. And Don't it. mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke, you, you, did you have a, a disallowed try in that game? Oh, I did at the start. Yeah, it was a bloody forward pass. It was a ter- we actually it was should have a hundred percent been a draw. We had a few little opportunities, I think, at the start of the game uh, that we let go right, and it was um, could have been five international. I don't know. Tries. Sorry, maybe it wasn't just yeah. a try, but it was literally it was a walk. It <laughs> exactly. Molly, <laughs> <laughs> get off my back. Seriously, I thought I was bringing a friend on the show. For God's sake. But I guess in true kind of I don't know Irish rugby fashion, the Rogara drop goal was not the end of the match. Uh, we made it difficult for like, ourselves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, obviously, we can kind of laugh about it now because Stephen Jones missed that penalty, but what was going through both of your heads when Paddy Wallace gave away? You're not thinking... I never think about... Uh, like, I, obviously, I you're, was, like, oh, oh, like, you're like, oh, who's the... Who's the but, like, it's it's a, such a team thing. And, like, it is funny. The lads were like... Paddy, I don't think, even could enjoy himself that night. He was so... His, his yeah, nerves were so... Like, yeah, he was shocked. Yeah, but, like, yeah, I never yeah, thought like that. experience, I think. <laughs> yeah, as in... I do you ever think about what would have happened if Jones had sunk that but then you're like, penalty. what if... Like, just what if... Like, what if... I don't know who it was. What if, I think it might have been... Whoever threw the pass over the top absolutely brained it at the start it was a walk-in try for me uh, at the start of the game like there's so many moments in the game that could go differently like what if I yeah. make the tackle against Mike Phillips and I don't know if they got the I'm not sure they got the drop goal from that one but like there's so many moments of that like look it can culminate in a moment where you have a big moment you want to step up and do the right thing but I always felt like it's so wrong in a team sport to pick one person that you know, one moment like, like, but you know, that's what would have happened. No, it is what look, that's exactly what would have happened. And you have to write about something. And look, that is the key moment. But at the same time, the way I look at it is that there was key moments all throughout the game. And if you got to that point yeah. where you were probably yeah. a better team, do you think the same? Well, what's, your, think, mem- yeah, what's your memory funny, of that, that moment? When, you, when you're watching, when you're watching sport and when, you, when you're looking at it, you kind of say, Oh, look, it's going all going to general plan the other momentum of the game is going this way but when you're out there as a player you know that one slight mistake one slight little step and the whole complexion of a game can change um, and it's very different being out there um, as opposed to watching a game because you don't really expect the unexpected sometimes when you're watching but when you're when you're playing you know that you know it's, it's kind of the old saying it's every blade of grass it's, you know it's every inch that you're fighting for that you know could make the difference and, and that's why I suppose it's, it's mentally demanding I suppose at, at that level 
Yeah, one last thing before we move on. Like when when you look back on on the, the achievement, and it was such a great moment for Irish rugby. But there were, the, a part of me was a little sad. There was a lot of great players who were kind of involved with the team for you know almost ten years. People like you know Dennis Hickey, Mark Mulcahy, Shane Horgan, you know even Eddie O'Sullivan, his coach, who just missed out on, on winning such a big prize. It was sad for people like that who were who were you know in that era, wasn't it? Ah, really? No, it was. And it was really tough for the likes of, you know, Shaggy and Dennis. But Dennis, I suppose, had retired, yeah. uh, which is probably a little bit different. But, you know, the likes of Shaggy, it must have been really tough for him watching Tommy Bow like, run in for the tries when, you know, Shaggy had, for you know, Tommy was obviously a coming force at the time and that must have been really tough. Um... You know, I suppose, yeah, you, you look at like Malo Kelly, I suppose, another guy. Um, was was Quinny, Quinny was, uh, was Quinny sure in that, was, in that was he on the bench? Well, the uh, well, you'll probably know. He was it? on the bench yeah. anyway. He was, no. I'm <laughs> Shit, okay, so Quinny has a Grand Slam <laughs> medal. Sorry, I my bad. I was training with him that match that week, or sorry, training with him, but he was in the squad definitely for us, yeah. But he, we were having a digging match in one, oh, in one of those, and then one of the final training sessions before, we're actually, <laughs> <laughs> I think he was, he was punching me more than anything. <laughs> Hayes was trying to hold me. I was like, Hayes, what are you doing? You're on my team. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a little bit of niggling. There's definitely that, a right? few guys yeah. who would have missed out, though. Can you, anyone off the top of your head, Wally? I mean, look, it is, it's tough. Like, I mean, those, and especially guys who are still playing, you said, Jesus, like, and if they've been around for a while, like really tough to 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 sit down. and you just waltz straight in and get a grand slam. Well, that, that's it. I'm sure yeah. there was a few. Well, you know what? It's uh, I kind of I kind of have a quite uh, you know this, the saying you know standing on the on the shoulders of giants is is definitely an apt one here because mm. you know uh, we had a bit again I'll go back to monster you know with the likes of Gal of Claw and you know Killing Keys yeah, a whole yeah. list of guys who who were on that journey with us and you know those late two thousand late nineties and early two thousands that. You know, they were just as part, uh, big a part of the squad as you know, with you know the guys, everyone else in the squad on the day. So, um, because they were on that journey with, all right, they weren't in the squad you know, that year, but certainly the year before. And, and you know, we they were helping to build all that momentum all the way along. And, and likewise for, you know, for those players that were in around the squad those years. I mean, they were they were helping to drive things and, and build things. And um, it wasn't just a one-off season. I think those things are built over seasons and. Um, and players learn from each other, and players push each other, and players bond and gel. And and and, and look, I think that's that. I don't know. It, it might seem flimsy for them, but certainly for me, that's the way I would view it. I and I, I I couldn't. I completely agree. You know, and there's like. I, like there is loads of, I mean it must have been tough for Leams as well like Leams was a stalwart in that 8 jersey Jamie comes in and then like uh, uh, sorry Quinny would have been looking at probably Stevie Ferris yeah, thinking I think, the same I, thing I, I think Leams, Leams came in for Steve didn't he in, he, in came, that, in he that, did in he that, did that's what caught that me with the, with the Quinny thing um, but like it must have been tough with you know it must have been really tough for those guys who were kind of stalwarts and have been in the team for a long time but look I think as, as Wally says like it was it, it really was the culmination of all a lot of hard work for a long time and it ties into the point earlier on about the little bit of pain I think I think don't think the team would have been able to get there without having gone on, the, on that journey and everyone's a part of the journey I mean I think I didn't meet any I've never met any ex-player who wasn't absolutely delighted that we'd done it we got over this hump that had been kind of haunting us for whatever it was 60 years so um, special special to be a part of and look they have this opportunity now in the Six Nations now I mean, I'm like I'm really excited about this Wally I mean have you like what have you made of the team so far I mean do you think obviously we don't want to build them up too much in, in a tough Scotland game nah, let's go for it ah we want to go for it yeah that's in the, <laughs> that's in the it. <laughs> you know, no, what do you like think so far dirty words you can't mention you know um, <laughs> But no, look, I think I think an important part of the, of, of, of the piece so far is that uh, the team knows how to win and how to win games. Like what they did in France was just nothing short of spectacular. And it was it was a full team effort. Um, and again, like Johnny Sexton replicating, you know, the, the most easy thing to, to liken it to is obviously Raj in, in, in 09. And, 
Um, you know, I think that there's maybe there's, there's something in that. Um, again, like the just the, the Welsh game, you know, where you know they had, they commanded a lot of, of of the game, but you know came down to the wire a little bit at the end, and and you know Stockdale having having that leadership quality to stand up and take that go for that intercept pass, and you know not have, have the knockout punch. Um, you know, is that a little bit like Rob Carney? You know, taking that leadership of the young fella coming in, and uh, all, like they, there, there will be obviously com- some concerns about you know the defence out wide, but look, Wales were always going to attack there, and I, I think we had a lot of changes going into that game, and that does unsettle the the defensive systems a bit. You've got you've got guys coming off the bench who haven't been in the in the system a lot, and um, maybe making decisions that you know other guys won't. So look at the likes of Furlong coming back now with, with Henderson. Mm. Yeah. That'll add a lot more experience back into it. The team will be a lot more un, uh, a lot more settled and and undisturbed. Um, and I think you know that that'll have a massive input going going forward. But look, Scotland is isn't going to be easy. I don't think uh, they've got a lot of guys coming back. The likes of Gray and Hardy and, and uh, Dunbar's back in there. The almost a whole new front row coming back in turn into their squad as well, who's been out injured. Yeah. So look, they, they they will be difficult. Will we get the Scotland from from uh, you know from from Murrayfield, or we got Scotland from Cardiff. I, I don't know. Um, there was yeah. two def- very different very performances. So, yeah. like, it's it's a little bit of an unknown. It's about the, the French teams of old. You don't know what you're going to get. But um, I think, look, we're we're talking about winning a, a, a you know Six Nations trophy. I think we've like a really really good chance of that. Looking at just looking at the points yeah. and the points differences. Um, but um, and look, Wally, quick if, one for if, you. If we're going to be challenging for yeah. Grand Slam, I think you know we, we have to be we have to beat Scotland. Quick one for you, Wally. Look, it's you know someone who whose rugby opinion, and especially with, with some of the guys you played with down the years, and also yourself being uh, you know outstanding as well. Like, what do you make of some of these young guns coming into the team? I mean, obviously Levy's a guy uh, I'd love to get your opinion on. What do you make? And as well, possibly the guys in the front. We mentioned Ty Furl on there, but I mean, I think Porter's been a real find as well. I mean, to go in at Tighthead as a was he twenty one now? I mean. Incredibly impressive. He just made the switch over at the start of the season from Loosehead. I mean, what do you make of those, some of those young guys? Uh, just phenomenal. I, t- I thought you know there was a big concern going into the game against Wales that you know that that uh, you know there was so many um, guys and maybe just a hand. I think it was six guys and a handful of caps. Mm. Um, um, and how how was the experience going to be? Um, I just thought phenomenal. Yeah, I agree with you, Porter. Had a, you know when you have when you have a whole whole Welsh pack. You know, bearing down at you, trying to target you because they know that you've only got was it six games or something at tight in your professional career, and and there the whole team is 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 going at you in the scrums, their whole whole pack is going at you in the scrums, and you're holding your own. And next thing, you know, after fifty fifty one two three minutes, whatever it was, that whole front row gets called ashore because they haven't done their job. I think, look, that just speaks volumes of the guy as as you know, certainly a physical specimen of scrummaging. Phenomenal, and look, that's we're building some serious uh, strength and depth there, and 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 all throughout this, this the squad, there's the strength and depth, um, and you got your nine and ten, all right, you know the the, the gulf there maybe to, between you know the the strength and depth there may maybe be hasn't hasn't as isn't as strong, sorry, um, but look, you're comparing with you know possibly arguably the the, the world's greatest nine and the world's greatest ten at the moment, and certainly together they're the, I think they're the world's best nine ten option. Um, uh, so look, there there is there is so much talent. I think that uh, uh, and a lot. Of, look, to be fair, you know, a lot of it is, is coming from Leinster. A lot of us, some of us, coming from Munster. But but um, I think Leinster are, are just churning at the barely. Look at the back row. I'm glad I'm not in the in the back row playing there at the moment because it's 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 just a it's just a hotbed of talent. 
Just last question, David, before we let, let you go. You know, we spent almost an hour here talking about Grand Slam, so do you think this this group will be the ones to join you guys? Um, I don't see why not. Um, I think they have they have everything going for them. I think, you know, if they don't get distracted, um, like I mentioned, and, and get, because, you know, if, if all going well and hopefully, fingers crossed, we beat Scotland, the intensity that is going to be around the, the following week, the build-up to that English game, is going to be like nothing they've, they've ever witnessed and experienced. And that can that can get you a little bit, you know, eye off the ball and, and uh, you know, maybe not not, not, not yeah, I suppose focusing on your own game or, or your energies get sapped up a little bit in, in all the hype as well. You know, we, during the week on a Monday, next thing you're getting nervous about it because it's, it's all everyone's talking about. So, um, you know, I think if they if they can um, if they can, I suppose uh, manage that, and, and it's a big job for Joe Smith to try and manage that. Um, uh, I suppose the pressures of it building, um, and this is of course all, all, all assuming that it goes well against Scotland. That um, look, it's it's going to be a, a phenomenal build up to that England game because you know what I think England will be smarting as well from from that Scottish match. And when I saw when I saw Scotland win, all right. Delighted that, that Scotland won, but it's kind of thinking, you know what, <laughs> England are going to be a little bit less complacent. You know, you want you want England going in, you know, cock a hoop and, and kind of going for that grand slam and, and a little bit complacent. But I don't think they're going to be that way, and, and, and they they're going to be the ones wanting to to get a bit of revenge on Ireland. We've done it to them a few times as well. Great stuff, David. Thanks so much for joining us. Cheers, well. Thanks, Luke. That's all we have time for on the left wing this week. I'd like to thank Luke and David for joining me, and thanks for listening as well. And a reminder of that live show in Kennedy's Pub on Western Row next Wednesday. We'll have information on tickets, so make sure to follow Luke at, at LukeFritz11 on Twitter and myself at, at SlatteryWill, and we will be giving out all the information in the coming days. In the meantime, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next Wednesday, thanks for listening, and goodbye. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of The Left Wing with Luke Fitzgerald.